Welcome to another episode of Draft Day Sports. We have a special episode today because it is the start of our college football pod. So we are going to be diving into a little bit of college football this year as well. Myself, Big Al, CJ, uh, maybe some others that'll join the show as the year progresses. Um, So today I'm going to kind of talk about the AAC the American Athletic Conference. So the idea behind um, my thought process with taking the AAC is I'm really going to focus on one conference and one conference only all season long, and that is going to be the AAC. Why? Well, a couple of reasons. Well, one, I didn't want to pick a major Power 5 conference because a lot of those games, a lot of, the, a lot of those teams get bet a lot by the public, um, and those those numbers can can be a little, a little bit sharper, I guess you could say, um, than some of the smaller conferences. So that's what I kind of did as I looked at some of the smaller conferences, and I simply just picked some um, with teams that I, you know, were in the East Coast-ish area that I could, you know, catch games at a reasonable hour, and teams that might be easy, more easily accessible. Um, to view their games. So I just picked the AAC, um, and they have uh, some really solid teams in there, some really not solid teams. We'll get into that a little bit today. So a little bit of the agenda. Um, I'll talk about those power rankings that I've made for this AAC conference. Um, I'll talk about kind of where they are at in those teams, how they compare to each other, how they adjust based off of um, returning players, transfers, recruiting, coaching, etc., um, and then I'll give some team previews, some final ratings, and I'm going to give you some best bets before you leave today. I've actually placed a few bets myself already um, as of yesterday, which was July 10th. So today's the 11th. Um, so I've already put some bets in. So uh, I'll give you guys those bets today to hopefully uh, get some investing going on. So we'll see how it goes. So I'm going to start by uh, just giving a quick website promo here. Make sure you check out draftdaysports.com. That's draft, D-R-A-U-G-H-T. So draftdaysports.com. We have a new feature on there. You can become a member. So what you can do is when you go to that homepage up on the top bar, you're going to see become a member. You can put your email in, sign up. You can get any, any newsletters or any picks that we send out. Um, you can get those in your email so you know that they are available for you. Um, and then another additional piece that you can do is you can become a Taproom member. If you want to join our Taproom, you can become a Pilsner member, a Logger member, a Stout member, or an IPA member, which is our highest ranking member. And what those mem- different memberships do is allows you Um, additional access to some of our exclusive picks throughout the seasons um, all season long for both college football and the NFL. So if you like our picks and you want a little bit extra, um, then we have some exclusive picks that we won't be posting for free. Those won't be posted on the website um, in the free section. You will have to be a member to obtain those. So there's a couple of different tiers um, that you can do, and that price that's on there gets you for the entire season. So all season long, all six-ish months or so of both the NFL and college football. So cool stuff there. Check out draftdaysports.com for more information on that. So let's dive into my college football Ratings. So if you listen to the NFL pod, um, I did some ratings there. I, I kind of talked about the math behind it. I'm going to do something similar here, not as 
mathy talk, but but I'll talk about where I get my numbers from and kind of what they equated to. So uh, the first metric that I use is called the F plus. And the F plus is a combination of FEI, which is a per possession scoring advantage measurement. Um, and that's a, so it's a combination between that the um, and the SP plus, which is an efficiency based metric based on play by play drive data. Um, each of them kind of incorporate, you know, um, opponent difficulty, neutral fields, um, and they kind of weigh it how they weigh it. So I took the F plus rating, which is a combination of the two as my first measurement. The second one I looked at was team rankings. If you go to teamrankings.com, it's a really great website. They have a whole bunch of information with odds and stats and rankings and different things. Um, they simply have a power rate, power rating themselves. So I use their number from the end of last season. And I also incorporated their this season preseason numbers that they have just recently come out with. So I've used those three metrics, the F plus, the team rankings last year, and the team rankings this year to come up with an average power rating for each team. So I sort of weighed it, graded it, um, put it into Z scores, all that good stuff, and came up with a power rating. And then I did adjust for a few things. So in college football, a little bit different, obviously, than the NFL, right? In the NFL, you get a lot more turnover year after year. Um, in terms of free agency and signing players, cutting players, the draft. College football, you can get quite a bit of returning players on both sides of the ball. And then now there is this transfer portal rule that has really gotten uh, you know some, some traction over the last few years, and it's really ramping up where players are playing. Um, but there's less, I guess, volatility in terms of who's going to be playing in college football um, because I don't think you, like big names typically don't leave their schools. Um, so I, I kind of looked at returning offense and returning defense. I looked at the percentages. So for example, FAU, Florida Atlantic, they are returning 99% of their defensive production from last year. So they have a, a very experienced defense, whereas a team like uh, UTSA, Texas San Antonio, they're only returning 48% of their defensive production. Now there are is also transfers that get into the mix here. There's recruiting that's into the mix. Recruiting, I don't weigh as much as the other categories just because it's it's not often that freshmen come in and play right away. It can certainly happen, but you know, I don't don't really weigh that as much, but I do hope to build on that in years to come and use that recruiting piece and then coaching. Um, ATS coaching records um, and just how the coaches fare. So the team that that actually came up came away with the biggest adjustment in in the positive direction was Temple and Tulane, um, based off of their off-season um, numbers here with returning players, transfers, um, recruiting, coaching, all that good stuff. Teams that did not fare well with my numbers were teams like Tulsa and UAB. So, um, you know, I, I weigh those into their power ratings and essentially create the entire kind of overall final power rating, if you will, of my um, college football teams, the AAC. So, you know, I weigh that in, I, I calculate it all out. So, you know, what do those numbers tell me? Well, it gives me spread lines similar to the NFL. I build a schedule with all of their games. I can create those lines for every single game this year. And that's useful, particularly because these teams all play each other for the most part, because it is a conference, right? The AAC. So 
without kind of delaying anymore, let me tell you what my power rankings came up with. The best team, um, I'll start at the top, I'll just run through them all, and then I'll dive more into some of the team previews and get into my best bets. So Tulane is the number one team in the conference based off of my ratings. They are 12 points better than average, and that is about six points higher, actually six and a half points higher than the second place team that I have, which is UTSA, and they come in from the Conference USA. So there's a big realignment this year with the AAC. They lost teams like Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, but they did gain teams um, such as UTSA, such as FAU, such as um, Rice came over, um, Charlotte came over. So they, they gained some teams in the process, um, but they lost a couple of, of really good teams. Um, so we'll see how that fares. Tulane is still the best of the best. UTSA won two conference titles back-to-back in the CSUSAs. They are the second-best team by my measurement, but quite a bit less than Tulane. Memphis and SMU, both five points above average. FAU, three points above average. Navy, 0.5. North Texas, 0.5 above. ECU and Temple both sitting at zero. UAB is three and a half points worse than average. Tulsa and Rice, both five and a half points worse than average. South Florida, six points worse than average. And Charlotte is at the very bottom at negative 11.5 below average. So um, those are what my numbers have given me. And again, like the NFL, I don't live and die by these, but it's certainly a nice guideline to use and sort of a starting point in terms of how do I want to bet, game-by-game bet, as well as future bets, which I have for you today. So a couple of team previews. I'm going to do some team previews on my best bets that I did. So I'm going to start with Tulane. And Tulane seems like a good one to start with because they are the returning and defending champs in the AAC. They had that huge win against USC last season in the, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl. Um, Sugar Bowl or Cotton Bowl? Maybe the Peach Bowl. Who knows? A Bowl. One of the big ones against USC. Um, and they came back from, I think they were down 14. They came back, they ended up winning it by one or something. Um, really good game. And Tulane, you know, they return their entire D-line. Their quarterback, Michael Pratt, is coming back. Both of their starting electric cornerbacks are coming back. Two really good wide receivers, Jaquan Jackson and Lawrence Keyes, are coming back. Um, they have an NFL caliber O-line. They have Sincere Hainsworth, who is going to be drafted next year. Their biggest losses, of course, are Tajay Spears, who went to the Titans, and then their linebackers are also all gone. Tulane's coached by Willie Fritz. This is his eighth year. He's 43-45 and 45 overall, but he is 60% ATS, which is a solid record over the seven seasons he has coached. So Tulane, to me, um, you know, they, they are the most experienced. They are, you know, the most... They have the best depth in the conference. They have the most talent. And what's what's an important factor for me is is they have been there before. They play in the Superior Conference, so these CUSA teams that are coming in, they are taking a step up where Tulane have been playing in this level. They've played Houston. They've played Cincinnati. They've played now Big 12 teams um, yearly, which I think helps them gear up. And because they return so many players you know, going to their, you know, offense and defense they've returned 73 percent of their offensive production 68 percent of their defensive production Um, they had a couple good transfers come in they have a really good recruiting class which will certainly help them in the next coming years Um, we'll see if any of the freshmen stand up but Tulane is uh, by far 
I think, in my opinion, the best team in this conference. So how do I attack it? So I didn't really look at the the over-unders. The over-under line was about nine and a half. Um, I, I didn't want to settle on that just because there, are, there can be hiccups. I do think they'll go over that number. Their schedule is relatively fair. But I, but I didn't want to settle on the over-under for the win total um, just because I, I, I feel like there's a little more risk in that. Certain things can happen that can can derail a team. Quarterback goes down, whatever, right? So to me, I, I attack this by looking at their conference championship number. And Tulane, to my surprise, was plus 270 to win it all in the AAC, which I really like that number because I think they should have a very good chance of at least making it to that game. When I look at their in-conference games, they play UAB, which is atrocious. They are on the road against Memphis in week seven, which could be a tough one for sure. But then they are home against North Texas on the road against ECU and Rice, which are not good teams. Home against Tulsa, which is again, not a good team. On the road against FAU, which could be interesting. And then the last game of the season, they get UTSA, but they do get them at home. So I think that the toughest team on their on their schedule certainly UTSA but they do get them home and they get them on the last week of the year which I think is is a good thing because at that point you know they'll know where they stand and they'll know where UTSA stands and they'll know you know what sort of you know effort they need to put because at that point they could be locked into that championship game already and if not um, they know that they got to step up and play so um, I do like Tulane to win the conference Two other teams that I took to win the conference, because why not? So I put two units on Tulane for uh, the conference championship, and I I tend to put more units on future bets because it is more of a long-term investment versus a week-to-week basis. Um, So I did put two units on Tulane winning the conference championship. Two other teams that I put in, I I wanted to take a couple of flyers um, in case the Tulane one doesn't pan out. I wanted to pick a couple of teams that may be a little bit under the radar but could do some damage if the pieces fall in the right place. And I only put one unit on each of them, so I split my two units and put one unit on each. The first team I'm going to look at is Memphis. So Memphis has Ryan Silverfield as their coach. It's his fourth year. He's 21-15. and over his his tenure, he's 42% against the spread. They do have a really good quarterback, Seth Hannigan, who uh, is definitely getting some NFL looks, who, who comes back for Memphis. Um, he throws for a lot of yards. They did lose all of their receivers, um, which isn't good. right? So there's a lot of question marks at receivers. Their O-line is small, but they're very experienced up front. They have two really good running backs, which can certainly take a little bit off of um, the wide receiver production um their defense they led the aac in takeaways last year um, jalen allen is an excellent pass rusher on the edge there for memphis their run defense was good but they did lose a couple of the anchors in the middle so we'll see who can step up and fill them and their secondary does return their best corner from last year and they got some really good talent from the portal portal so i think if things fall right for memphis I think they could get themselves into that conference championship game. And ways that you kind of have to break it down is not every single team in this conference plays each other. So there's 16 teams in this conference, sorry, 14 teams in this conference, and they don't all play each other. So a team like Memphis doesn't necessarily have to play some of the better teams in the conference. So they they have to go to Tulane, Week 7, like I mentioned. That's going to be a tough one. Um, But then they get UAB, they get North Texas, they get South Florida and Charlotte. 
um, and then they get Temple, and the only other tough game they have is SMU. They don't have to play UTSA, um, which is a huge draw for them. They don't have to play FAU, so they've got some some good a good draw because they do get Charlotte, South Florida, um, Rice, some of those smaller or weaker AAC teams. So if the cards end up going right, I think Memphis can get themselves in. So I, I did put a unit on them. They are plus 700 to win the conference. So I took them, and that is on. Let me get you the the website on that, so that or the the sports book on that. That was on BetMGM. They were plus 700. So check that out. Um, Tulane, by the way, was at Caesars. I found the plus 270. The other one that I'm taking on another flyer, and again similar rationale behind Memphis is FAU. So FAU, again, when I look at their schedule, and I'm talking about just the in-conference schedule because, again, that's the only thing that matters about getting to that conference championship. They play Tulsa at home. They're at South Florida. They get UTSA, but they do get them at home, which could be beneficial. They're on the road against Charlotte, on the road against UAB, at home against ECU. So, again, not a lot of great teams there in the AAC right now based off of my power rankings. The only one that's great right now is that UTSA game. And then they do have to play Tulane later on, but they do get them at home. So again, I think if all things go right for them, they can kind of find themselves in that conference championship game. They do get Tom Herman with his first season as um, at the helm for the team. And he is coming over from Texas. Um, he, you know, he had a decent... Decent run with Texas. He had a 49% ATS, but he had some good seasons. Tom Herman is, is a good football coach, and he's going to bring in some stability to this team, and he's going to kind of get this team going in the right direction. Their O-line is certainly a strength of this team, which games are certainly won and lost in the trenches, so I think that's a big bonus for them. Larry McCammon um, is a 1,000-yard rusher who's going to be coming back. The defense was weak, but they do get almost all of its starters back, as I mentioned earlier, 99% of its production coming back. The biggest question mark for this FAU team is certainly their quarterback. They have a couple of guys at quarterback that are going to be vying for that position, a transfer that came in and then a sophomore from the program. Um, you know, that they can certainly, you know, be battling it out, but but other than that, their team around them is solid. So I think uh, you know, Tom Herman, I'm I'm counting on him to pull some strings and get things to work here. Um, they got some good transfers that came in as well. So, you know, I'm looking at FAU as a possible sleeper team here in the AAC. So those are my three future bets in terms of conference championship games. Now, I did also bet two season win totals, and the first team I'm going to look at for that is Temple. So Temple, when I go to them, they got Stan Drayton, Drayton as a second season guy. He was 3-9 last year, 67% though against the spread. They didn't have a good running game. The O-line was very good at pass blocking, but could not run. they couldn't figure out how to run block. E.J. Warner, Kurt Warner's son, is going to be now into his sophomore season. So I expect a little bit of a, you know, an improvement here in his play, protecting the ball a little bit better. They got a really good wide receiver transfer in from Colorado State, Dante Smith. Their run defense was not good, but their linebackers are certainly a strength. Their D-line, although against the run was not good, they do – and they have the ability to generate pressure. Um, so, you know, I think Temple, you know, they have some things going for them. Um, when I looked at their their schedule, you know, that was kind of the biggest thing for me. And, and they return the best or the most production out of any other team in the conference. They return 
on offense, 76% on defense, and their schedule works in their favor. They're home against Akron week one, away against Rutgers week two, which they you know, gave them a good fight last year, home against Norfolk. They do have a tough one at home against Miami. Then they get into conference play. They get Tulsa. They get um, North Texas. They get Navy, South Florida, UAB. So their line, their season total is lined at five at DraftKings, five even. So I took the over at minus 150. So I threw two units on that. Uh, minus 150, you might think, is oof, that's a little too uh, too expensive for me to pay. Um, you know, I don't mind paying it at five on DraftKings because a lot of other books have them at five and a half, and I don't want to be caught where they only get to five. I'd rather have that push as an option. So I did take the five at minus 150, um, and I threw two units on that. The next team I looked at was North Texas. So North Texas, um, let's see. So their team, they have Eric Morris's first season as a head coach there. They played in the Conference USA Championship game last year against um, UTSA. They got a really good ULM, ULM, I shouldn't say really good, but they got a ULM, ULM Louisiana Monroe transfer Chandler Rogers at quarterback. He's a veteran. He's mobile. Um, they expect him to kind of come in and step up as quarterback there. They have a really good wide receiver core. Their running backs are back as well. Their O-line, their O-line was fifth in the nation in not allowing sacks last season, and four of those starters are back. So they have a good offense. They really do have a good offense, and I'm expecting that offense to transfer here into the step-up of class of AAC. The defense is experienced and talented, um, but it does need continuity. They have a new DC on the on the side that side of the ball. Obviously, new coaching staff. So hopefully that they can kind of mix things together. And their secondary is again very good, and they should commit some turnovers and get these guys going. Seventy-six percent of their offensive production comes back. Seventy-one percent of their offense or defensive production comes back. Um, so I think there's a lot of optimism. With North Texas, and again, I look at their schedule, it, it lines up favorably. California, FIU, Louisiana Tech, one, two, three, um, right off the bat. Then they get a bye week, and then Albion Christian. It is very possible North Texas can start off 4-0. Um, you know, California is obviously in the Pac-12, but they are no powerhouse in that Pac-12. So I think they might be able to steal one, and they get them at home, which is good. So then you're looking at, okay, we need two more wins in conference. That's certainly doable. They've got Navy, Temple. They do have Tulane and Memphis which are, and UTSA, which are tougher. SMU, which could be a, a dogfight, but they get Tulsa um, later later on as well. So, you know, I'm counting on them. Their number is at 6. I think they can go over that number. That's at minus 120 on BetMGM. So I put over North Texas 6 wins for them as well. So those are the five bets that I've actually placed already this season. Um, there are three other bets that I'm keeping an eye on, and I'm waiting until after week one, because you might be thinking, wait, you're going over on all of these teams. Some teams have to lose. Yes, they do, which is why I'm waiting until after week and week one. So for example, UAB is one of those teams. Their line is at four and a half, um, to the, and they're minus 130 to the over, plus 100 to the under. I like UAB under. However, when I look at their schedule, UAB is playing in week one, North Carolina, AT&T, or A&T, I always say AT&T, North Carolina, A&T. That's an FCS school. I'm not going to bet an under 
when they're going to win their first game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait with a team like UAB. I'm going to wait and see week one. I'm going to expect them to win that game. And then they're going to have a 1-0 record. And maybe that line, that win total line, changes a bit, right? Maybe it goes from 4.5 up to 5. Or maybe it goes from 4.5 plus 100 under to now plus 120 under. And I might be able to get a little bit better value for that under because I still like the under even if they win the first game of the year. So UAB is a team that I'm going to be kind of tracking week one. Tulsa falls in that same realm. I like them under, but after week one. And the team I like over after week one is Navy. I really like Navy this year. Um, They have a lot coming back on both sides of the ball, as these uh, service academies usually do. But they can be a really good team, but they play Notre Dame week one. I'm not going to bet them over their win total when they're going to lose week one to Navy so uh, or to Notre Dame. So, again, a team that I'm going to target for the over after week one because I'm going to wait until they lose and maybe get some more better value on their season win total. So there's my thoughts um, on the college football, on the AAC. So that is the, the conference that I'm solely focused on this year. You won't hear me give out any bets outside of the AAC, either for or against it. But my goal is to follow these guys all year long, get really good at this conference, watch them a lot, get good at their numbers. And because it's a a less hit market, because it's a smaller conference, I'm hoping that there's some better value out there that you can find, um, whether it be the number or the odds. So that's my goal here is with uh, following the AAC. Now, I'm sure Big Al is going to be giving you a bunch of college football picks um, in the Big Ten and SEC and whatever else he does. So you can definitely stay with us for picks like those. But in terms of what I'm going to get from you or you're going to get from me, is only AAC picks. So be sure to check out DraftDaySports.com. Sign up register become a member if you want to pay for a package great if you don't still just join get on the email list so that we can send out information to you guys when needed um, and be on the lookout for those best bets those picks i'm going to be posting those up on the website here uh, momentarily so they should be up there by the time you listen to this and uh, you know it should be fun we're excited excited for a new year Um, the episodes are going to be coming out here a little bit faster paced here now that the season's getting closer and closer. If you're into the NFL, be sure to be on, on the lookout for some fantasy football stuff, some future bets that we're going to be having for you in the next coming weeks. Um, so just make sure you're subscribing and, and getting the word out. We want to try to build this brand a little bit. So Draft Day Sports, be sure to check us out, draftdaysports.com. Um, hopefully uh, hopefully you got your bets ready already and you're, you're throwing in some money into some of these accounts. It's uh, the way I like to see it. It's a long-term investment. You know, it's no different than throwing money into a stock market and just watching it grow because we know we're going to win. All right, picks are out, boys. Later.